0: Many of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves. This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson.
1: Wow. Yes, that's the word I'm going to use to sum up today's conversation. It's wow. As always, we like to bring on experts to separate true from false, and to give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information so that you can live a more epic life. And my guest today does just that. It's Boomer Anderson, and welcome to another episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. My guest today is Sachin Patel. Sachin is a now-retired chiropractor, functional medicine practitioner, and founder of the Living Proof Institute. Sachin is a wealth of information, and in this episode, we talk about so many things, including the concept that the doctor of the future is the patient. We talk about what is empowered responsibility and what that actually means for you as an individual taking control of your own health. Sachin gives you tips, actionable pieces of information that you can use every single day to live a more healthy life. And then he explains the role of the doctor and really getting into the personalization of your own health. This conversation, in case you can't tell by my voice, was so enlightening, so refreshing, and so amazing. And so, Sachin, if you do listen to this, thank you so much for coming on the show. And everyone who is going to listen to this episode, I'm sure you will enjoy it, but I can't wait to hear the feedback from you. And now, on to my episode with Sachin Patel. The sponsor for today's podcast is Neurohacker Collective. The chairman, Jordan Greenhall, has been on the show to talk about one of my favorite topics and episodes to date, sovereignty. And the medical director has also been on the show to talk about unleashing your human potential through epigenetics. That's Dr. Daniel Stickler. But why do I love Neurohacker Collective so much? Well, frankly, it upgrades me on a day-to-day basis. Actually, I take their products five out of seven days of the week. Their original Qualia stack is something that I absolutely and still thoroughly enjoy. It's packed with over 40 premium brain nutrients to immediately enhance your focus, energy, mood, creativity, and all while supporting your health. Their new flagship nootropic, Qualia Mind, is a premium nootropic supplement that helps support mental performance and brain health. And frankly, with both products, I do not get the crashes that I commonly get with nootropics and other supplements. So I want you to go over to their website and check it out when you have a chance. It's neurohacker.com, and if you subscribe, you get 15% off by using the code BOOMER. If you want to just do a one-time purchase, you get 10% off, again, using that code boomer. And while you're there, pick up their free foundational guide to neurohacking. It's definitely worth checking out, but please enjoy the show.
0: Sachin, welcome to the show. Thank you, my friend. It's an honor to be here and an honor to share this time and space with you.
1: I've been looking for this conversation all week, or at least since you and I have exchanged emails, but I know you're fresh off the stage at the Biohacker Summit in Toronto, where you were catching me up on this whole experience beforehand, but do you mind just going into how the doctor of the future is actually the patient? Because I, I loved what you were getting into there, and I want to want everybody to hear it.
0: Oh, absolutely! I would I would love that. That's you know really the core of our message is to take health or what people call health away from the hospitals and bring it back into people's homes, and not when they get sick, but really from the very beginning. You know, the interesting thing about our current culture is that we enjoy health or we enjoy vitality for a certain part of our life, and then we have this. Uh, unwritten rule that it's our responsibility to then decay and not regenerate or you know recover and then rely on somebody else to take care of us. But if we know how to take care of ourselves in the very beginning, then we can actually create the most abundant life possible. And you know, health is really interesting because it's the ceiling and the foundation of your life, which means that if your health is a six, then everything else in your life uh, is a 6 and usually when people's health becomes a 2 that's when they start seeing the doctor so everything else in their life whittle down to a 2 out of 10 as well and so what we want to do is we want to we want to basically educate our communities educate patients if they're coming through our office or if we're if they're coming to a live workshop that we host or even listening to this podcast we want them to take that responsibility on themselves because They have all the tools and resources that they need. They were born with the tool and the resource that they need. Now they just need to learn how their body works and untap the simple things that they can be doing to unlock the body's full healing potential. So most people don't realize it, but the most important things that they can do is not see the doctor, but is to become the doctor, right? Is to become that person who not only uh, has great health, but has the ability to teach others how to be healthy as well. Like this is a skill that every single one of us should have. And this is something our grandparents had and our great grandparents had. And then somewhere in the middle, we stopped believing grand, uh, you know, our great grandparents and grandparents for their amazing wisdom. And now we're actually coming back full circle and realizing that they were right you know, all along. So this has been part of our culture where you have somebody in the family who has knowledge that can doctor, you know, the family to health. But, you know, we live in a time and age where everyone can become their own best doctor. And they don't have to do like, you know, crazy or, or very fancy biohacks or biotunes as, as we refer to them as, but they have to be doing the basics. They have to be doing the fundamentals, like sweating every day, like shitting every day, you know, like sleeping Uh, Every day, being in silence every day, being in your own thoughts every single day, and then, you know, avoiding food for, you know, for, you know, shortened and then eventually prolonged periods of time to give the body uh, a rest, you know, the most fundamental things that people need to do to be healthy are actually things that they could do to literally tomorrow right? Mm -hmm. You want to start fasting, skip your next meal, you're already fasting, right? You're already moving in the right direction. Uh, You want to heal better starting tomorrow, go to sleep early today, like just lay there and close your eyes. Like why is that become so difficult for people to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You want uh, want to heal your brain? Well, sit in silence. Sitting in silence has been shown to be, uh, you know, promote neurogenesis in the brain. So, you know, the easiest things that we can do is to actually do nothing and people have such a hard time doing it. And then they want to pay somebody you know, all this money and have all these doctors do all this testing on them to tell them the fundamentals and the basics. Because even if you get the testing, you should still be doing those other things. Like, no doctor is going to say, Hey, I have a pill here that, requires, that allows you not to sweat for the rest of your life. <laughs> or I've got a pill here where you don't even have to shit the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a pill here where you never have to sleep the rest of your life. Like, we've got to do these things every day. So let's just start taking responsibility and doing them for God's sake. And then when we go see the doctor, the doctor's working with somebody who actually wants to live, who's demonstrating that I do want to live a life of vitality. I'm trying, I'm making an effort. And they're not just passing on their lab work, like they're passing on their taxes to an accountant and saying, hey, you fill out, you figure out the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. We're not accountants. Like, you've got to be accountable, you know, to living your best life and becoming, committing to becoming your own best doctor. There's no excuses, right? That like, we've completely decentralized and democratized information. Like it used to be that you had to go to school to get all this information and not even just go to school, but actually freaking remember it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not just going through the motions, but you had to actually remember it and you forget like 99% of it. So now with the internet and technology created by smart humans, we have the ability uh, and at our fingertips, the entire cornucopia of information that's pretty much ever existed in human history. So, you know, I'm not here to make excuses for people. Like if you're sick, it's because you want to be sick, right? Mm -hmm. You. You have a choice right and there comes a point where the choice becomes you got to go see somebody else right but you do have a choice every single day every single moment to live your life at a certain frequency and you know if you're not willing to take on that responsibility i don't think it should be anybody else's responsibility right i think that when you see a doctor there should be a partnership you know not a one-sided agreement so there are no systems that i'm currently aware of that can actually fix somebody who doesn't want to be fixed Mm -hmm. okay So there is no system of healthcare that can save you from yourself. And I think everyone recognizes that, right? Like, do I really have to get cancer to start eating healthy? Like, is that really what it's going to take for people to start changing? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, the system of healthcare that we're trying to create with this model is that very few people experience true health and vitality. And it's something that I'm working towards on a daily basis because there's always room for improvement Mm -hmm. and my environment isn't always perfect. And I travel and all these other things. So I realize that we're all human. But there's a level of being a human that, you know, kind of transcends our body. So people are so focused on their physical health, but, and they're fighting for physical health. But what they have to realize is that's not the ultimate human experience. The ultimate human experience isn't this physical body because there's animals that are stronger than us. There's animals that can fly for God's sake, Mm -hmm. right? You know, so we're not, and there's animals that are way bigger than us, way faster than us. So it's not this physical meat suit that separates us. It's this that separates us. And so, the ultimate human experience is human consciousness. And so, you know, the healthcare model of being your best doctor, being your own shaman, if you will, is what allows you to experience human consciousness instead of being stuck in this physical body in this physical world, which most people are. And so, you know, for some people, it happens; they have this type of enlightenment at a near-death experience. Mm-hmm. Right? That's when that's when a lot of people get this enlightenment, or when they come, or when they come face to face with death. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they never really live out their best life. And so even like my end goal is not to have a cure for cancer, right? The, because in order for you to benefit from that cure, you have to have cancer, which means you have to live a life that created cancer, which means that you were probably a cancer to some other people as, as, as difficult as that is to accept, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the future that I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a future for my son, not where he gets a chronic disease and then has some miraculous treatment and he recovers from it. I mean, that's great right? But I'm trying to create a future for him where he doesn't get those things. He's not even thinking about those things. And he actually creates the best human experience uh, possible, not the best healing experience possible. So, you know, my paradigm, that's where it's a little bit different. And it can be a little controversial because some people don't like to take that responsibility on. And certainly that doesn't mean that like, I'll never tell anyone I have perfect health. I think that anyone who tells you that you should run. (laughs) Exactly. But what I will tell you is that I'll never blame my body. Mm-hmm. So I'll never say it was my body's fault. Um, it, it's never your body's fault. It's never the fault of your cells. It's never the fault of what our mainstream medical system wants you to think it is, right? The mainstream medical system assumes your body doesn't know what it's doing. The thing that built itself literally from two cells knows what it's doing, mm-hmm. right? The thing that's taking a, you know 23,000 breaths today, automatically knows what it's doing. The thing that's regulating your digestion, your nervous system, you know, every single cell performing one septillion functions, that's a one with 24-0 simultaneously, 24-7, knows what it's doing, right? Let's, let's give, let's give credit where it's due. And we have this system that actually convinces people that their body doesn't know what it's doing. And we need to micromanage your blood pressure. We need to micromanage your cholesterol. We need to micromanage your neurotransmitters because your body doesn't know what it's doing Mm -hmm. or because it's your age or because it's your genetics. So this entire agenda of healthcare that we have completely strips away all power. Unless we can reverse age, Uh, through reversing the clock, right? That's not possible as far as I'm aware, right? We haven't approached the speed of light yet. Uh, (laughs) The other other possibility, and you'd have to go faster than the speed of light, right? We haven't approached that quite yet, uh, unless it's in our head. And we're learning more and more, it's not our genetics, right? Because if somebody has bad detoxification, well, that doesn't matter if they're living in a non-toxic environment, right? Mm -hmm. But if they have bad detox genes and they live in a toxic environment, then they're going to be in trouble. In fact, People even who have good detox genes are going to be in trouble in a toxic environment. So, you know, we have to start realizing that it's not our body that we have to blame. It's our body that we have to celebrate and we have to learn as much as we can about it. That's our responsibility because the system that uh, is set up to profit from our illness, it's not designed to profit from our wellness. So it will never perpetuate this type of message to you. In fact, the greatest threat to healthcare is actually health the greatest threat to our entire financial economic model that we have right now is everyone woke up healthy tomorrow that's the world we've created mm-hmm. right the stock market would crumble hospitals would have to shut down doctors offices would have to close you know you know uh, wall street would come tumbling down right people would lose their retirements you know there would be madness in the streets literally mm-hmm. because of the chaos that would be created by a healthy population on the economic system so you know people get you know rattled when they think oh interest rates are going to go up half a percent well that's not going to do anything compared to a healthy population. A healthy awake population is the greatest threat to the social constructs that we've created. And it's, you know, it's time for people to wake up. And I think people are, and you know, because we've decentralized and democratized information, there's never been an easier time to do it. Like our parents, they were kind of sandwiched in this you know weird generation where they didn't want to believe their parents anymore because they had somebody else in their ear saying, I've got a better solution. And now they're starting to realize that shit, our parents were right this whole freaking time and we've raised our kids this way and it's difficult for people to claim responsibility for that. But we can stop this in one generation, right? We can stop the madness uh, in one generation. And it's become so ridiculous that it's become so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, people are starting to realize like, hey, the cures that they promised my parents, like my parents are all grandparents. Everyone's dying around me. Nobody's saving them. like Nobody's living into their hundreds just yet on a mass scale. Mm-hmm. So clearly what we're doing hasn't created any solutions us and we'll, we'll we're all coming back to realize that we were the solution all along, right? It takes billions of dollars of marketing to convince you otherwise, right? It's not innate to you. You know things that are obvious and innate don't need marketing. It's the things that are not innate, the things that are usually you know hidden in uh, truths hidden as lot li- or or their lies hidden as truths, right? And uh, it's called television and radio programming for a reason, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, it's all built in f- for us to see in plain sight. And now we're actually seeing the outcomes. And the outcomes are actually quite poor. So it's becoming very obvious that we need to find a better and different way. And fortunately for us, that better and different way is free. It doesn't cost anything.
1: I'm going to go a little off script here and just a- ask this question. Because if you look at the other side of who you're battling here. If we picture a war on one hand of people that believe that health is our responsibility, empowered responsibility, etc., cetera. And then you have the other side, which is effectively healthcare as it is right now. They have billions upon billions of dollars. Aside from the spoken word and you getting out and speaking about this everywhere, how do you attack that? in a sense like how do you make people most aware as fast as possible that this is this is
0: going on and this is how it should be well you you know what's actually happening is uh, in my opinion at least is that it's become so clear the agenda has become so clear and the outcomes have been so obviously dismal that you know that's what that's what that's what's waking people up right people are starting to realize that my doctor is not going to be able to save me like he's tried he's had his entire life mm-hmm. and here's a condition i'm in right uh, or she, whatever, uh, and that's assuming people aren't even seeing the doctor. Most people, even if they do see the doctor, they see them too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a paradigm where they know how to take care of themselves, that's a whole different story, right? They know when to see the right person for help because they've been taught how to responsibly take care of their bodies. Like, why do we have more training on how to operate a computer, which is way less complicated than the human body? Why do we spend years training, l- learning how to use that tool instead of learning how to use this tool first, mm-hmm. Right. And if we learn how to use this tool first, we can learn how to use every other tool way better, right? In fact, we can even build better tools if we have this level of awareness. And, and so I think that, uh, you know, we don't really have to work against the system. Like the system now is marketing for us, right? It's, it's become so ridiculous and people are starting to wake up and they can't, you know, it just can't continue the way it is anymore. So it, I don't fight it. I don't go against it. I just create something better. And uh, hopefully people are attracted to that. And, you know, the the thing that we're doing is uh, empowering so many more people, right? Because the end game will never be more doctors who think this way, right? So people will say, oh, Oh Sachin, we need more doctors or clinicians that think this way. No, what we need is more patients that think this way, because that's the actual solution, right? Like, how many doctors are you going to train? Like, uh, go through all this training in order for people, I mean, why not just send the people through the training? Mm-hmm. Right. Why not just teach people the simple principles that they need to be incorporating on a daily basis for themselves to be healthy. And if they do need the doctor, then whatever the doctor does with them is going to be far more effective, right? You're, if you have a surgery, let's say you need a surgery, you're going to heal way better. If you're taking care of yourself, if you have, uh, even if you're taking a medication, ironically, if you're taking a thyroid medication, it, they medications work better. If you have proper nutritional support like selenium or zinc or other cofactors, uh, that drives some of the reactions for thyroid hormone to work properly. So a healthier person is going to respond more predictably and more effectively to any other intervention uh, that they get. So the main objective should always be to create a healthy population. But you know, depending on who you ask, that might not be what the powers that be necessarily want, right? Mm-hmm. Because an awake, an awakened population is is a dangerous thing to the constructs that we have right now.
1: So. This is all brilliant, Sachin. and I really appreciate you sharing it. Now, one question I have for you is because you're spreading this message. What's the most common opportunity, and I I use that word rather than issue, that a client, patient, uh, et cetera, comes to you with? And because it sounds like you have a very, uh, for lack of a better word, simplistic formula for making people healthier.
0: But Mm -hmm. what is the most common issues that you see? Well, you know there comes there comes a point where patients themselves have to realize that there's only so much they can do on their own, mm-hmm. right? So we can get pretty personalized with somebody's care and we can get very individualized, like you know, but that doesn't exclude that person from doing some of the basics and some mm-hmm. of the fundamentals. Gotcha. Sometimes you'll get into a situation where people know uh, enough to be dangerous, right? and they start making certain assumptions so we don't necessarily want people self-medicating either yeah right that's where that's where you can run into challenges so my my main objective is let's get you doing the basics let's clean up your environment let's clean up the emotional baggage let's acknowledge it if it's there if it's present or has existed and you haven't uh, resolved with uh, resolved it yet Uh, Let's get you connecting with nature a little bit more. Let's get you chewing your food for the first time in your life instead of (laughs) inhaling it, right? Uh, Food is not air. You've got to chew it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's get you, you know, let's get you chewing your food again. Let's get you to slow down. Let's get you parasympathetic. Let's see what this healing machine is capable of. Right. If you're not if you're not putting your body or making any effort to put your body in a parasympathetic state, which is the state in which it needs to be in for it to be healing, then you haven't even unlocked your own potential. Just slowing down will increase the healing capacity of anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Like take a week off work. That'll that'll heal you. Right. Nobody. Everyone takes sick days because we have this culture where you have to be sick to miss work. What about healthy and happy days? Right, How cool would it be if you were like, hey, hey, boss, I feel amazing. I want to take my son. You know, or my family, or my wife, I want to take her somewhere and enjoy Mother Nature, right? I want to watch the leaves and as they're changing colors. Like, why don't we have that as part of our culture? It's because, you know, it, you know, you celebrate sickness in a sick culture.
1: I mean, some of these suggestions involve really altering the whole system, which I'm totally in in favor of. in a lot of these. Things are are very helpful. Now, I, I guess when we start talking about cleaning up environments, maybe perhaps some practical tips for people that are listening out there, what would be, I, I guess, a handful of suggestions you would have for people?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, big thing is first water, yeah. right? Recognizing that 70, give or take 70% of your body is water. You know, let's let's clean that up, right? The solution to pollution is dilution. Let's get you drinking clean, uh, remineralized water. So we have a Berkey filter in our home and we have mineral stones that we put in it. And so we remineralize the water. So that's, you want to drink about three to four liters, depending on your body weight. You know, meet yourself where you're at, but make sure you're using clean water to not just drink, but also bathe and shower in. So uh, one of the challenges, I'll be totally transparent. I used to have a Berkey shower filter and an Aquasana shower filter uh, when I lived in a condo. Now that I moved into my new home, we have rain showers. And so you, we can't put a Berkey filter uh, on the range. Of, yeah. So we're going to have, we're going to, we just moved into this place, so we're going to filter the the whole home, right? So reverse osmosis, remineralized, uh, structurally re energized water is probably the best. Water that you can drink. So start there. I also uh, strongly believe in con- a connection with nature, mm-hmm. right? And my connection with nature is my form of meditation. It's my way of appreciating, you know, this, this beautiful planet that we're so blessed to be on. You know, we spend billions of dollars looking for other planets like this. Uh, so we should just enjoy the one that we have, right? And how amazing it is. And especially this time of year, it's fall. So, you know, I've got a ravine in my backyard. So we've got all the leaves that are beautifully falling down. And transforming so uh, a connection with nature is quite simple and you know getting your feet bare feet uh, on the ground as often as you can again meet yourself where you're at you know some people might say it's too cold well again on the warm days go ahead and take advantage of it you can also get a grounding mat or a grounding sheet that you can sleep on that replicates the same uh, electrical discharge if you will uh, we also want to get people to you know uh, eat less less frequently so if you can uh eat every other day so there's alternate day fasting which has been shown to be very beneficial or at least you know have a 12 to 16 hour window where you don't eat anything uh that could be also very beneficial so intermittent fasting and you can you know most people will skip breakfast but you can skip dinner if you want right Mm -hmm. it's uh that's not uh the objective is is not necessarily to you know do everything exactly the way somebody else does it, you know, find what works for you. But, you know, we know that calorie restriction uh, for, you know, short periods of time up to five days can regenerate stem cells. We know that intermittent fasting can give the digestive system, the immune system, the lymphatic system, a much needed break. And, uh, you know, we don't have to eat uh, like the food industry wants us to eat, right? Like if you think about it, we've been kind of shoveled this lie that we've got to eat like five, 10 times a day, and if you want to lose weight, you gotta eat more food. Yeah, and the like, six meals a day. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's like old school, right? Like mm-hmm. it's and we used to like we used to be so convicted that that was the way the body worked, that the body was so stupid that if we didn't eat like every two hours out of our Tupperware containers, that we were gonna die somehow. You're right? gonna like, burn your muscle. That's yeah, I, rem- I remember that message loud and clear. <laughs> And it's so funny because like I was sitting there and I'm like, why the hell would the body do that? That would be like the stupidest thing for it to do. Why wouldn't it use fat as an energy source first? But no, the the trainers all told us that you would burn through muscle. I'm like, dude, that's like super dumb. (laughs) And now we're realizing that, yeah, that was the case all along, right? So people, even people in, you know, very uh, professional positions um, are being fed lies, right? You have to remember somebody's educating the educator and you know if there's an agenda there for you to eat more food then guess what we're going to perpetuate this lie throughout the entire system so you know eat less food that's another one right go to sleep okay get more parasympathetic you know, turn off the lights a little bit earlier in your home. People are like, oh, I'm uh, I'm not tired at night. Well, how many lights are on in your home at night? Convincing you that it's still daytime, right? Convincing your pineal gland and um, the melopsin receptors in your eyes that it's still daytime outside. Like it's not daytime, right? So many people are exposed to junk light, uh, and it's not just the light, but it's how long they're exposed to that junk light and and what times of the day. You know, melatonin which is a hormone that's very interesting to us, is actually made from serotonin. Mm -hmm. And in order for you to make uh, more serotonin, you need to get more sunlight during the day. Mm -hmm. So if you want to sleep better at night, you have to get more sunlight during the day so that you can make more of the melatonin at night. And melatonin is is also uh, regenerative and restorative for the immune system. Mm -hmm. So one of the world's leading melatonin experts actually takes 250 milligrams of melatonin uh, per night. Which is like that a, seems
1: like, that seems a lot like a lot to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to work your way up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I you have also, remember that uh, melatonin uh, receptors—you have 400 times more melatonin receptors in your gut than you do in your brain. Mm-hmm. And so, the question becomes: How much of that is actually absorbed in the digest or utilized by the digestive tract versus being utilized by the brain itself? So, I'm not saying that we should, you know, take high doses of exogenous melatonin, but certainly, if you want to increase your immune function. You want to increase your vitality, you want to get into a more deeper restorative sleep, then cut out the junk light, get more daylight during the day, so that you can actually make more melatonin at night. And you need proper methylation for that to occur, particularly B6. And B6 is a vitamin that can be depleted under periods of stress. So if your stress levels are high, then there's a great product uh, that I personally take. It's called Cortico 5 Cortico B5B6. Mm-hmm. So it's got a synergistic blend of B5, B6, Uh, magnesium and vitamin C, which is essentially the precursor, uh, you know, building blocks for healthy adrenal function. And you also have pretty sweet dreams when you take B6. So uh, you can take that uh, and and you'll start having some very vivid, memorable dreams, which is a cool thing, cool experience. You can live two days in one day, right? And, and so, you know, simple things that people can do, getting people sweating, right? As often as you can, you should be breaking a sweat. If it's moving boxes or gardening or, you know, chopping down a tree, I don't know what it is people do, uh, but it's got to be something that moves you as well. So it's got to be something that you enjoy doing, that you look forward to doing. Like you can't dread going to the gym tomorrow morning and expect that to be a good experience for you, mm-hmm. right? Like people are like, oh, you know, I hate going to the gym, but once I go, I feel great. Well, yeah, you're, you're work, you're getting that endorphin rush, but you should feel great about going to the gym the day before, right? Because if you dread going somewhere three times a week, you're actually creating anxiety and stress around the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And then you're chemically uh, sedating yourself with the endorphins, but emotionally, you didn't want to be there, right? So you should never be anywhere where you physically and emotionally don't want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because that creates a lot of constraint for people and. One of the simplest advices I could give a lot of people is quit your job, right? People are like, oh, my job is so stressful. Well, okay, quit it, right? And uh, it's quite fascinating because, uh, you know, when people who actually do listen to that advice, and I, and I say it with a straight face every time, uh, people who do listen to that advice live a much better life, and they come back and they thank us, you know, and they say, hey, you know, actually, guess what? I, I My fear was I wouldn't get another job or a job that paid this well, uh, but guess what? I have a better job that pays me more money. That's closer to home, and I love going there every single day, and I actually feel appreciated when I go into work every day. So, you know sometimes that in and of itself is for the best medicine that people need right you should wake up every day excited about the day like i was excited about today i had a call with my coach i've got I had a po- a call earlier today just before this podcast i've got this podcast with you i'm going to be speaking with a mentor at uh, in the next few minutes once we get off this call and then i've got a call with a coaching client then i fly out to houston and i educate a bunch of doctors tomorrow so I love that. I'm super stoked and I'm super excited about that. And I get to spend some time with my son before I do all that. Um, and so, you know, that's, to me, that's an exciting life, right? I'm not dreading any one of those things. But if you're dread that 40 hours that you're going to be occupied next week, in addition to all the commuting that you're going to be doing, then, you know, that's an easy health hack, if you will, or an easy health tune, is just quit your job, right? And some people are like, I need the benefits. I'm like, yeah, you need the benefits because of the job, mm-hmm. right? So there is the irony uh, right there. And and so it, it's fascinating what people are subject willing to subject themselves to uh, for the almighty dollar, but also the uncertainty that they have in not knowing that there's some, someone else who will value them, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about value systems. Like when somebody says, oh, I won't find a job, what they're actually saying is that nobody values me. It, that, that is a very good point. So, so they have, you know, they feel like there's no value that I can add to the marketplace, except this one stupid thing that I do every day that is destroying me. Uh, So yeah, for some people quitting their job is, is the most, uh, is the best advice I can give them because I don't want them healthy going to a job that they don't want, right? It's like me fixing your car, but then you drive it in the wrong direction every single day. Like I should have not fixed your car, Mm -hmm. right? It would have been better if your car was broken and sitting in the driveway instead of you driving it where you don't want to go every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And as somebody who, by the way,
1: it took me a year and a half to realize that advice was a very good one, but I I used to go to my my parents, my family, everybody, and say, hey, this job is killing me. And more than a few people have told me just to quit. And it took me a year and a half, but it was the best decision I ever made. So it's been an absolute blast after doing that. Now, Sachin, I want to ask you about how you came to where you are now, because I've done a little research on your background and really sort of in both functional medicine, chiropractor, but also the Kalesh method. Uh, do you mind just talking a little bit about how that sort of shaped you and shaped what is the Living Proof Institute today?
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll give you a bit about my background. Uh, in a meaningful way, because there's there's lots of little steps to, to getting there, but I'll give you the three to five minute overview. So I was uh, a chiropractor practicing in Norwood, Ohio. So this just little suburb, a uh, sub city of Cincinnati, Ohio, I moved there, and I was working as a sports chiropractor. And and really, I, I had a great uh, career there. I had, a, I had an awesome job, I had an awesome mentor. And you know, they really invested heavily in me. And then one day, I remember there was somebody in our office who we were treating, her name's Judy. And Judy worked for the news. She worked for the channel nine news, WCPO in Cincinnati. And she was really enjoying her treatments at our office and really benefiting from them tremendously. I still remember she had a lot of shoulder tightness and we did something called active release technique. And so she's like, this is amazing. I've never experienced this. We need to get you guys on the news. Turns out my, uh, my, employer at the time had been on the news before but she had frozen on live television Mm. so she had this emotional trauma from being on television and so she's like Patel you do it so I did it and uh you know I they recorded they came in August and they recorded I still remember and then they aired it during the sweep season in November and all we talked about was elbow pain so I remember I still remember this lady Connie and uh she had been to all kinds of different specialists for her elbow pain tennis elbow and golfer's elbow and nobody was able to get her better. So they came in, they interviewed her, and so on and so forth. And then I still remember the day because when, when people came in uh, or when the news uh, story aired, people kept calling. The phone just kept on ringing that day, and it was like, like 5.20. So uh, the phone kept ringing, people kept calling, and then guess what? The people that came in not a single person except one individual had elbow pain everyone else had some sort of other chronic degenerative debilitating uh, you know mystery uh, unresolved illness and there was no mention of any of that in the news report right so we were like strictly focused on tennis elbow and now people were coming in with fibromyalgia rheumatoid arthritis this one guy had had headaches he was taking 16 tylenol per day for the last 10 years And uh, so people like this were coming in and we're like, like, how are you still alive? Right. And, and so I didn't know what to do with, with these individuals. I was like, you know, I was used to treating in what in hindsight, I realized like, you know, athletes who are really the healthiest people in my community, like people would come to us whining that they couldn't run, you know, a sub three hour marathon because of a little twinge in their in their pinky toe, right? Mm-hmm. So those are the type of people that I was seeing, and it was great helping them because it was like a little mystery puzzle, and you know these people would push their bodies really hard, and it was great to witness what the capabilities of physically of the human body are. But uh, I also um, realized that you know helping those people is great, but it's really for self-glorification, right? It's not making humanity better if this guy can run a little bit faster right? What would make humanity better if this grandmother can get off the couch and help her daughter raise her grandkids, right? That would make humanity better, right? If we could get this person who's completely crippled and debilitated and is so focused on pain that they can't tell the stories of their youth that could, you know, uh, really change the course of history possibly for that family or that family tree, like to me, that changes things. So, what I realized is that, hey, I don't know how to help these people, but I don't know where to send them either because through their stories, I learned that they've been through several different practitioners and tried all kinds of drugs and medications, and nothing was working for them. And around the same time, I started getting, uh, receiving messages from who would later become my mentor, Dr. Ron Grisanti. And, you know, as a chiropractor, I felt kind of trapped, to be honest. I didn't realize what my uh, you know, what my scope allowed me to do. So I was really struck, you know, stuck in the structural mindset and, you know, we incorporated diet nutrition and things like that, but really not digging deeper than that. And so Dr. Grisanti exposed me to functional medicine and he was a chiropractor himself. And so it really opened up that Pandora's box for him. Like, Hey, he's doing this and he's in South Carolina. I wonder if I can do it in Ohio. turns out that Ohio is actually a great state for, you know, functional medicine based chiropractic care. Or vice versa, right? You know, chiropractic-based functional medicine care. Whatever mm-hmm. you want to look at, call it or look at it as. So I started incorporating. I took the training. I became part of the first graduating class of FMU, and. Uh, my boss at the time wanted nothing to do with it. She wanted to kind of really stick in her niche, which is, you know, working with elite athletes and working on them from strictly a soft tissue perspective. And I told her, I said, listen, this can apply to them and we can actually see even better results with them because they're so active, but it was just not in her comfort zone and not what she wanted to be known for. So I ended up leaving that practice and working for another company who did embrace that. And in doing so, I helped them build two of their most successful clinics along with a friend of mine, Dr. Ammer, And, uh, you know, we were growing that company so fast. And, you know, they just made a few, you know, bad decisions in hindsight. You know, some entrepreneurs make bad decisions and they made one of them and they started expanding too quickly. And so when push came to shove, they actually couldn't afford to pay me anymore. And as a result of that, I had to walk away from that. Mm -hmm. And I say all this because I want people to understand that it's not all like, you know, uh, sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, right? Like I literally, the company owed me $60,000 uh, and I had a one-year-old at the time. I just moved into my new home. My wife, who's a pharmacist, decided after my son was born that she didn't want to go back to work. And we, I was in full agreement with that. So there goes a six-figure income. And my parents moved in with me. So I have five mouths to feed, a company that owes me $60,000. And then from that, you know, I, I went to uh, Hawaii with my buddy. And you might be wondering, How, why are you going to Hawaii if you're $60,000 in the hole here? But I had booked this vacation a year prior to that. And I sat on the beach with him. I still remember Sean and I sitting on the beach and I told him the scenario that I just told you right now. And he said, you got to walk. And I said, dude, how do I walk away from this? So I had to literally walk away from that role and, uh, you know, let, you know, basically release that money. I, I decided that if I'd earned that money, it would find its way back to me. So I didn't want to devote my anger and my attention, any negativity in that direction, because it would just take me off mission. And I said, you know what, this has been a great learning experience. You know, I learned what I'm capable of. I learned what other people are capable of. I learned how to protect myself when the odds are much bigger and the stakes are much bigger. And I learned how to live lean because that's what I was forced to do. And so, when I walked away from that, I had to have, uh, I had to decide what I wanted to do because I had already bought a condo in Toronto, knowing that I was going to move back. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I was going to move back to Toronto and expand this company back into Canada. That was the game plan. But you know, so things went sideways there. And my condo was a was a new construction, which meant it was still two years out and being built. So I'm stuck in this two year window of like, what am I gonna do? Like, do I start a practice? Like, do I move back to Canada and live with my in-laws? Because my parents lived with me. Like that would have been a very, you know, sticky situation. So I said I told my wife, I said, Listen, give me two years and if I can build this out the way I think is right in my heart, knowing what's right, knowing from all the mistakes that I've made, all the hardships that I've personally been through, if I can Uh, you know, incorporate those teachings and learnings into building this new practice, then I'll never put anyone else in this position because I know what that feels like and how uncomfortable it can make people uh, where I owe them money. I'll never, you know, put my patients in a position where, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty about how much are things going to cost, like how much of it is covered by insurance, so we're not going to take insurance, right? So we basically built, you know, living proof under the premise of we're going to do what's right for the patient, what's right for the practitioner and what's right for the practice, because most people do what's right for the patient and then they, their business is not successful or they completely burn themselves out. And then now they don't have a business anymore because they're completely burnt out and now they can't help anybody. So, you know, we look for a win, win, win type of scenario in the relationship that we develop with our clients. And And so, what that takes is it takes working with people who share the same values as you, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You know, do you value the hour or do you value the information? I don't want people to value the hour. I want people who value the information because I could deliver the information in one minute. Uh, But if you're there for the hour, then I've got to sit there for an hour and talk about things that you're not going to do, right? When the first thing I told you in the first minute is what you need to be doing now. So, we're wasting an hour just talking about it, Mm -hmm. right? So I like working with people like that—people who value uh, direct responses, people who value the truth, people who value accountability—and so not everyone values that. So you eliminate those people, uh, and you don't even attract those people into your business, so that you could grow effectively and efficiently, and you can stay on purpose, you can stay on task. You're not dealing, you're not constantly putting out fires from people who are not good fits, right? So we 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 said that we're gonna we're gonna bring the right people into the office. Uh, people who believe in our mission, people who believe in our and share our values and people who we look forward to every single day, right? Because the last thing you want is a schedule filled of people that don't share the same values as you, right? They're not bad people. They just don't share the same values as you. So that's the premise under which we built uh, Living Proof. And then, you know, I ended up moving back to Canada and building another practice here. And at the same time, I also started consulting practitioners because people started recognizing like, hey, how did you do this? And our formula is basically this, give away your best information for free, Mm -hmm. right? But the stuff that's personal, well, you can't give that away because people have to come in and get the care, right? Like I I can't project onto everyone what their DNA results are or what their nutrient deficiencies are, but I can tell everyone, Hey, you got to sweat, you got to sleep, you got to shit, you got to do all these other things. I can tell you those things and I can make it, I can frame it in a way that you get it and I can frame it and put it and package it in a way that you actually do it um so we always start with the premise of you know the doctor is a patient of the future and what, we're willing to do whatever it takes to keep you out of our office but when you do come to our office then uh it's going to be fair it's going to be a win for you it's going to be a win for us and it's going to be a win for the movement and if it's not all three of those things then it's just not going to mm-hmm. work right so yeah so that's that's maybe more than 3 minutes but uh, i think that should paint a picture of you know kind of how, where we've come from and you know what's cool what's been cool about our office is that uh, we we never, uh, our goal is never to be aggressively expanding. Our goal is to be a, aggressively serving people, but doing it in a lean and efficient way and, and really understanding the problem, right? The problem right now isn't that we don't have enough doctors. The problem right now, and the easiest way to solve this problem isn't by training more doctors, in my opinion. The easiest way to solve this problem is to wake up the public, right? And get them to become their own doctor. That's the easiest solution, in, in my opinion. And if we can do that, then... Uh, you know, if I was president or if I was the prime minister of Canada, I would make it mandatory that you go and get trained on how to raise a healthy baby, right? Uh, when you're pregnant, like that should be mandatory. If I'm, if the, if all of us are going to pay for you to have this kid through our tax dollars, that's great. I'm happy to, you know, contribute to the pool, but I need to know that you know how to take basic care of this kid, and you're not going to poison it the moment it comes out of the out of your womb. Cause I'm not okay with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's so easy to change things. It's just, there's a political agenda that uh, doesn't necessarily, and an economic agenda that doesn't allow it.
1: Yeah. Sachin, I know you can see my face and people listening to this may not be able to see it, but I'm smiling because this resonates so well with me. I know we have a limited amount of time left, so I want to transition into some rapid fire questions, similar to what you just said on delivering information in a minute rather than an hour. Let's let's do that with some questions. If you can, in one sentence, summarize what is health to you?
0: Uh, good one. Health is personal responsibility. And, you know, it starts with personal responsibility, but true health is is not physical health, but it's uh, mental, uh, physical and spiritual health.
1: Beautiful. How do you get yourself into deep states of
0: focus? Well, it's easy when you love what you do. So you got to start there. You got to love what you do. And you have to acknowledge, you know, what you're not good at and find somebody who is really good at that so they can get into a deep focus state doing that because if the work you're doing is important, it requires the best person doing it, not somebody who's kind of a hack at it. So, you know, I only do the things and go deep on the things and focus on the things that I'm really, really good at, and that makes it super easy to stay focused. Excellent. What's your favorite book on high performance? You know, my favorite book in the entire world, uh, so is, and it's really all about high performance from a spiritual level, is the Bhagavad Gita. There is a great version written by Jack Hawley, uh, h-a-w-l-e-y and it's called the bhagavad-gita a walkthrough for westerners so it's written for you know people of my generation or people who you know more about western uh, civilization if you will and it's just a great you know spiritual walkthrough of how to live your absolute best life that to me is where it all starts right is understanding that there's this source that we come from and there's a responsibility that we have and health is just part of that responsibility right it's the vehicle to allow us to live out that responsibility that we have to this you know this higher source energy
1: beautiful and final question where can people find out more about you
0: well, there's a few different places. If you go to um, Facebook, you can follow me at Sachin Patel. The Sachin Patel is my Instagram handle. And what we've also done, which some of you might be interested in is we've put together a 30 day program. That's absolutely free. And it's where I give my 30 best tips. And I recorded this literally it's, it'll be three years that I rec- ago that I recorded this and I haven't updated a single video because I want to prove that the information is timeless so the information that I recorded three years ago is just as relevant uh, today, okay? And so I talk about my daily routine in the morning. I talk about, you know, what water filter I use. I talk about, you know, uh, what uh, home cleaning products I use. So you get a get an, kind of a personal uh, invitation into the way I live my life because from the research I've done and the uh, improvements that I've personally seen uh, in not only myself and my family but my patients – you know, these are the recommendations that we would give you. And they're timeless recommendations. So go through that and you'll get a short video every single day. And then you'll get invited to attend different webinars and different events that we host. So that's really the best place for people to start beautiful. And the website is uh, 30in30.org. So www.30in30.org.
1: And we'll link to all of this in the show notes. Sachin, this has been an absolute pleasure. You've absolutely made what is my evening. And I, I, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
0: Boomer, it's my pleasure and honor. And I look forward to, you know, the response uh, that this generates, and I and I'm certain that some of you, the right people, will be ignited and ins- inspired uh, to become your own best doctors and to really tune your health and utilize this beautiful vessel that you have to make an impact in the world around you.
1: We'll we'll leave it there because that was extremely well said. To all the superhumans listening to this, have an absolutely epic day, superhumans. Before you go, can I ask two favors? Did you enjoy that episode? If so can you send me an email at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. provide any feedback, positive or negative. I would love to hear from you. And for those of you who have really taken advantage of that, you know, I respond to each email. Secondly, if you did enjoy the episode, can you head on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms and give decoding superhuman a five-star rating. It would really be appreciated. And then finally, For those of you who are looking at taking an informed approach to health, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com. Check out what we have going on over there, and if you want to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call with me, you're going to have that option. Superhumans, have an absolutely epic day, and remember as always, choose health.